What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Chef Buck. Ethan Buckle is back for another podcast. What I'll do is today, I'll get up to date on the latest that happened in the NBA and the NFL, the latest in the NFL as well. And then after that, in a different podcast, I'll get up to date on what has happened in the college basketball world. So first, as far as the NBA goes, We are a little more than a month away from the postseason. And we've got a lot of interesting things yet to happen here. We have the Milwaukee Bucks, who have already clinched a playoff spot. They've been dominating. We have a lot of competition at the top of the Western Conference still. And we've had definitely another interesting week of of NBA basketball. The Clippers have been pretty on and off. The Lakers have been dominant all week. Just coming off a blowout win over the Golden State Warriors. And another win as well this past Tuesday over the New Orleans Pelicans. Basically, I'm going to take a look at these conference standings here. You know, in the East, we got the Bucks. They're 51 and 8. They have dominated everyone that's been weaker on their schedule. I believe they've only lost one game to a team with a losing record all year. Dominant 27 and 3 home record. It's pretty impressive. Behind the Bucks, the next best team is the Toronto Raptors, nine games back. Um, looking at this playoff picture here, I think. I mean, I look at the Toronto Raptors at the two spot. I don't see them with the talent to knock off the Bucks. I mean, I get Pascal Siakam's has improved quite a bit, but they just have a lot of guys that are solid. I don't think they have the star. They don't really have a star player besides Pascal Siakam. Lowry's decent, but they don't have the kind of explosiveness that they've had in previous years. I don't think they nearly have the talent that they've had before with when they had Kawhi Leonard. Um, they don't really, they can't score as well as some other teams in the playoffs can. Their defense is pretty well, though. They're averaging about 112 points a game, the Raptors are. The Celtics, they've been kind of up and down. They've had some injuries, but they have a lot of depth. I like what they're going to, I like what they're doing so far. The Heat, they've been struggling of late. Um, they don't look like, they don't look like the same team ever since that one trade they made on the deadline. Um, Jimmy Butler's been kind of in and out of the lineup lately, uh, the Sixers, they've been pretty banged up, so I can't really say what ex- what to expect out of them. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, they've been pretty solid too, but I'm just going to kind of go over some of these uh, Eastern Conference playoff matchups here. Um, right now, as it stands, the Bucks are the clear-cut one seed, nine games up. Uh, it's looking like the eight seed's going to probably either be Orlando or Brooklyn. The, after Brooklyn comes the Wizards, they're, they're solid five games out. I would not count the Wizards out the way they've been playing lately. Bradley Beal has been pretty dominant. He's been dominating. He's been putting up points in bunches. Uh, the rest of the team, though, has not been picking up the slack. Their defense has not been playing well at all whatsoever. They've been a really up and down team. But if they can get, if they can get steady and consistent, I, I think they could take this eight spot. I think with the Magic, they are. A half game up. I will say that they'll get the seven because they just beat the the Nets earlier this week. 
the, the Nets and the Bucks. I think the Bucks will sweep the Nets if they they were to play. Um, Kyrie, he's been kind of I would I I'd, he's been hurt quite a bit, but I don't really know what to expect out of this team without Kevin Durant. I guess we'll find out more about this team next year, but it's looking more and more like Kyrie Irving is a toxic basketball player. And then in the two versus seven matchup, the Raptors versus the Magic. I think this could be an interesting matchup. I think this this game could, or this series could potentially go on for quite a few games. For some reason, I just don't see the Magic and the Eastern Conference as being an easy out. I don't think they have very good talent at all. They only average 105 points per game. That is, I think that's like one of the fewest, I think that's the third fewest on average by any team in the Eastern Conference, which is pretty, pretty crazy to think of. But their defense is decent, averaging... 106.4 points allowed per game. That is the second fewest in the conference, only behind the Toronto Raptors. And that is, I think, let's see, that's that's also the second fewest in the league. So they, they play good defense. Their offense isn't that great. They're not an explosive team, but I think their defense could keep them in this series. I think the Raptors... They've already hammered. The, they've already clobbered the Magic twice this year. I think the Raptors would win the series easily. The Magic and the Pacers. I would not be surprised to see the Pacers if they if this is a three versus six matchup. I would not be the least bit surprised to see the Indiana Pacers pull this one off. The Celtics are a good team and all, but the the Pacers are they're a good defensive team. They could fight and they could. I think they could claw their way, and make this an interesting series. The Heat and the Sixers here. Um, the Sixers have been pretty banged up the heat they look like one of the most impressive teams the first half of the season i i was all over them at the beginning of the year but the way they've been playing lately has just not looked good we saw them lose the timberwolves at home as an 11 point home favorite they blew a lead late they've been giving up a lot of points i they, they just lost to the cavaliers i think within the last week too they gave up like 118 points to the cavaliers who have just a terrible offense in general so I think I am not liking what I'm seeing from the Miami Heat so far. I think the Sixers would beat this the Heat in probably five or six games. Um, that's that that would be an interesting one though. Um, the Bucks would be playing the Sixers then. Uh, I think this the Bucks would win this one in five. I mean, the Bucks just they've been really dominant at home, and the Sixers have been really bad on the road. Despite the injuries, I think the the Bucks would just dominate. As they've been so consistent, I can't go against them in any playoff series, really, against the Eastern Conference. I think the Sixers would somehow manage to win a game, though. I, I think they still have a lot of talent with Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. They could pull off a game, but I don't see them coming close to beating, you know, this really talented Bucks team led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, if it's If it's Toronto and Boston in the semifinal... I like Boston to win this rematch. Uh, is it a rematch? I don't know, but I think they'd win this matchup. I think they're a, a much the much more talented team. I think that they could just simply outscore the Raptors here. I mean, I think that... I mean, the Raptors are probably the better defensive team. They could probably hang in there with, you know, Siakam and everyone, but I just think that they, the Celtics have a lot more offensive firepower than the Raptors do. I think that's, what, that's what's going to carry them to the Eastern Conference Finals. If it's Bucks Celtics, I think that I love the Bucks to win this one. I don't think there's any team that could beat this the could you know beat the 
Bucks in a best of seven series. I think that you know any of these teams could beat the Bucks one a, a, a time or two in a four game series, but I don't see them winning a majority of a seven game series against the Bucks. There's just no way. The Western Conference is interesting. is very interesting right now. Um, the Lakers are the clear cut number one right now. The Clippers have been very up and down. The Nuggets they've been playing solid, but they they have been healthy pretty much the whole year. Uh, there's very little separation in from the five to seven spots. I think there's only about three games separating the four and the seven spot. So that could definitely that could definitely flip flop quite a bit before that the year ends. There's also currently a big time fight to get that last eight spot. Currently, the Memphis Grizzlies are in that eight spot. They are 28 and 31. They are two games ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans for the eight spot. They have looked terrible this this week, though. That Jean Morant, no question about it. He's been he's going to be the rookie of the year. He's been dominating the league all year long. But this week they've lost. Uh, they've lost quite. They, I mean, Jaron Jackson just got hurt this week. Um, Brandon Clark also did not play this past week. They have they have played a couple games this week. They just Lost. They've lost what? One, two, three, four, five straight games. They're pretty short-handed. They're cold, but I mean, I don't know what to expect from to see that from them moving forward. On the other hand, the New Orleans Pelicans—they are—they've been on fire since uh, Zion has come back from injury. They started the year off quite a bit slow, but I mean, I think that the Pelicans are definitely the more talented team than the Memphis Grizzlies. I could see them coming back and, you know, erasing that two-game deficit and taking that eight spot. The Portland Trailblazers, uh, I think they made they definitely made, made a mistake what they did this offseason. They, um, basically, they what they did is they lost in that series. They, they lost, they got knocked out of the playoffs last year, didn't get where they want to be. So basically what they did is they, uh, Got rid of all of their veteran, veteran role players, and replaced them with you know these young unproven players. I mean, they still have Lillard, McCollum, and Whiteside, and Carmelo Anthony, Rodney Hood. I mean, the Ariza, but Zach Collins has played three games all year. Um, Afrini Simmons, I'm not a fan of him. He's a rookie. He's a, I think, rookie or second year player. I'm not a big fan of Afrini Simmons. Uh, I don't think. I mean Gary Trent. I'm not. A, I've never been a big fan of him. Scalabissier, Mario Zone, All these guys. Wendon Gabriel. I mean, they have a roster of a bunch of young, unproven talent. Um, we don't. We don't know if these guys are even good. They were. It's not like they were early draft picks or anything. They were. They're unproven players. I don't like what the Portland Trailblazers will do. I don't think they're two and a half games behind Memphis. I don't see them erasing that. I think that, that what they did is a mistake. I mean, I think that. Bringing in Car- Carmelo Anthony is just a sign of desperation. Uh, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony is, should not be on an NBA roster, in my opinion. He's he's clearly washed up. Out. I, I don't see this. I don't see this team coming back. If anything, I see them going backwards. I mean, no. It's. I mean, Lillard and McCollum are definitely two really good players, but I don't like the direction this team's heading in. The Sacramento Kings and uh, Spurs. You can't count them either. They're three games back. Behind the Grizzlies, the Spurs started slow, but they're starting to get get their get some better basketball playing. Um, but my prediction is, I think that the New Orleans Pelicans are going to erase that two point 
uh, the two-game deficit and claim that eighth spot away from the Memphis Grizzlies because they've been banged up and they've just, they've just been playing so terrible of late. So that means in the first round of the Western Conference, we'd see the Lakers and Pelicans. That, I mean, that would probably be the most interesting series out of any series in this first round. You're, I mean, I don't need to say the Anthony Davis trade would just make it that much in, more interesting. I mean, plus you got Z- Zion Williamson throwing him in there as well. This, I mean, b- both teams are high flying, high scoring offenses. I, I, I would say the Lakers would definitely win this game. I think in four or five, but or this series in four or five games. But I think this would be this would be this match would be, would be box office. I could see the, the Pelicans hanging in there in every game because they. I don't think there's any series that the Pelicans could be more fired up for as an eight seed against the Lakers when half the team is former Laker players. So I think that, that would be an interesting matchup. Um, currently have a tie for the two spot. I think the, the Clippers will hang on. I don't like what I've seen from the Denver Nuggets every time I've watched them. They just cannot score very well. I mean, 110 points per game they they average. That is towards the bottom of the conference. The only teams in the conference that score less are Golden State, uh, the Sacramento Kings, and that's it. So this team can't score very well. Uh, I don't think I'm not sold in this team at all. I think the Clippers get the two. I, they'll be that means they'd play Dallas. No, I think actually I think that Dallas will pass Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City has been kind of going back down to earth. They've not been playing so well this week. They just blew a. They almost blew that big lead. I think they almost blew that big lead against the Chicago Bulls this week. So I think it'd be probably Clippers and and Thunder in the first round. I think the Clippers would sweep that series, no question about it. That means it'd be the three seed Nuggets versus the six seed Mavericks. I actually think that the the Mavericks would beat the Nuggets. I think they're the more talented team, although they lack the playoff experience. They can score better. It's not like the Nuggets had the greatest playoff experience ever either. They're a pretty young team themselves, so I like I would like I would actually like the Mavericks in the upset in this series. So the four and five matchup would be Houston and Utah. We saw, I mean, we saw we've seen Utah pull some surprise upsets in the previous. I believe they won that series against the Rockets last year. But I mean, I I I, I like the Rockets in this this year. I mean, I'm not a big Rockets fan at all, but I just see them pulling this off. Because the Jazz have been questionable this year. They've been really spotty. They have blown big leads late in games. And they just this week they just benched Mike Conley and Joe Ingles. I think if you're in a spot where you're benching two of your starters, that just shows you're not in a good spot. So I like I actually like the um the Rockets. I'm not the biggest Rockets fan myself though. Because I mean you, you got you have Westbrook and Harden that can score score the ball really well. You have Covington, he's a 6'10 guy that can shoot the three ball and play some solid defense. He's got great, great wingspan. But I mean, the rest of the team, I'm not a big fan of. You don't really have a center since you traded away Clint, Clint Capella. P.J. Tucker, solid in defense. Eric Gordon, solid off the bench. But I I think this team has fight, but I don't, I don't like this team as a whole. Uh, so that means the one versus the four would be the Lakers and Rockets. I think the Rockets could make this interesting, though. I think that the Lakers would probably win this in five or six but I have no question the Lakers would win this series, though. That means we'd have the, the Clippers and uh, Mavericks. I think the Clippers would win this as well. Clippers are just too too talented for this Mavericks team. 
That means the one versus the two. Lakers and Clippers. You see, the Clippers, my concern with them is they've been so injury injury plagued this year. Uh, I don't. They've been so up and down. They've lost games they probably shouldn't have lost. I mean, they've gotten blown out, blown out at home by the Sacramento Kings twice this year. They've lost to the Atlanta Hawks. But if you're telling me in this series that everyone in the Clippers is healthier or health is healthy, I see them winning the series. I mean, the Lakers are a great team. I think. I mean, they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, two of probably the top five best players in the in the league. The Clippers also have George and Leonard. But the thing is about this, I think the Clippers have a much more complete team. You're talking, I mean. They, they have Marcus Morris, they have Lou Williams, they have Zubots, they have Harold, they, have, they, have, they just have a lot, they have a wide range of options. Um, I just, that's the reason. I mean, the Clippers have won both head-to-head meetings this year so far. I think the Clippers would pull, would pull this series off, which would mean Clippers and Bucks in the finals. Um, I'd say Clippers, but that's kind of a ways out. But anyway... I'm going to move on to some of these NFL rumors here. Um, I'm going to go division by division here. Uh, let's pull up the Bleach Report here. Uh, it's certainly been interesting what we've heard from in the last few days or so. Uh, we got some draft rumors. We have some trade rumors. Um, but I guess the latest news we've heard for, heard of is the Redskins considering taking Tua the second overall pick, I think that that would be a very wise move. Um, the reason I think they should take two at two is because I don't think Haskins is the answer. Dwayne Haskins, he played in seven games, seven touchdowns, seven picks. Uh, he's a rookie quarterback. He's 22 years old. And he is not athletic and not mobile at all. What have we seen from not athletic, not mobile quarterbacks at all. They don't, they don't become star quarterbacks. I mean, why is Patrick Mahomes a top quarterback in the league? Why is Lamar Jackson a top quarterback in the league? Why is Russell Wilson a top quarterback in the league? Why has Aaron Rodgers been a top quarterback in the league? It's all because they've been mobile in the pocket with great athleticism. Why has Eli Manning been so bad towards the end of his career? Because he has no mobility whatsoever. I think that honestly, I had zero trust in Dwayne Haskins. I thought he was never going to be good. I thought he he kind of played well before he got he and he before he got hurt. That's the other problem with Dwayne Haskins. He got hurt. He had a season-ending injury towards the end of the year. So, that's another red flag. He's got he could have injury problems and he's only a rookie. Then he is really bad when it comes to football IQ. Apparently, he was so bad at figuring out the plays and reading the plays. The Redskins coaching staff thought he was dyslexic when he wasn't. So that's another bad sign for Dwayne Haskins. Then what else here? He was incredibly immature. He took, I mean, he took, he's known, he's best known for taking a selfie and missing a snap. That's terrible. And he's injury. Is this? I don't. I don't see Dwayne Haskins becoming being a good quarterback whatsoever. Do you want to invest Dwayne Haskins 
as your future, I would not. I never would. So I think, and then you got Tua. He's, he's had a history of winning, great football IQ. I mean, if you, both quarterbacks are injury prone, you might as well go with the guy who's um, who's not injury prone. Or sorry, who's, who's more talented. It, it's, there's no question Tua is the more talented player. And Dwayne Haskins is not athletic. He's injury prone. Lacks maturity, lacks football IQ, lacks leadership. That's, enough, that's all you need to know. So I think that the first pick should no doubt be Joe Burrow, but the second pick should no doubt no doubt be Tua Tagovailoa, and then the third pick should no doubt be Chase Young to, to Detroit. Let's see what other football news we have. I haven't heard much out of New York and Philadelphia rumors wise at all, but so we're continuing the NFC East. Uh, Dallas has got quite a bit of a situation on their hands here with Dak Prescott. Um, I think that they'll probably end up franchise tagging him, probably, but I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. We don't know what's going on there, but Dallas needs to keep its quarterback. That's a top priority. They got to keep Amari Cooper too. They got to keep their their offensive weapons in place. So let's see what else here. Should we go to the NFC South here? Looks like Drew Brees is staying in is returning in New Orleans. I I. I think it'd be ludicrous to, to make Taysom Hill your franchise quarterback. You can't do that. He's not a true quarterback. He's a satellite, like, running back, special teamer type guy. Not a franchise quarterback. Um, I'd say, if I'm New Orleans, you got to let Teddy Bridgewater walk. He's going he's gonna to be demanding for $18, $17, 19000000 million a year when he's already had injury problems. He's not... A transcendental quarterback. He's a he's a system quarterback. He's a game manager. He's not a game. He's not a game changer. He's a game manager, not a game changer. Changer. You can win with him, but if I feel like I could find someone for much cheaper, if I'm New Orleans, to do the exact same thing. Then we got. Let's see who else is in the division. Atlanta's in Atlanta's in some serious trouble here, in my opinion. Uh, they. They've lost a lot. They're letting Vic Beasley walk. They might let Devontae Freeman. They might they might cut him loose too. Rumors are that they're not going to re- be resigning Austin Hooper. He might be hitting the open market. If Austin Hooper hits the open market, that's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up going. Because he he could easily, he was before he got injured. He was the he was arguably the top tight end in the, in the league last year. It was debatable between him and Mark Andrews and Kelsey and Kittle, but. He's going to be demanding big money, and I think he's going to be a big-time change for whoever's off, whoever brings him in. Me, personally, I, I think the best, if the if the Redskins can draft Tua and bring in Hooper, that would be interesting for me. To me, I think that'd be very interesting. Reds, the Redskins could be very competitive if they have that kind of offense. And then, plus, you have Geis that's going to be healthy, too. They'd, they'd have to do some revamping on their offense as well. But that would be intriguing to me. Uh so the, the Falcons I think are in trouble. I think that, that I I would be concerned with them if I'm a Falcons fan. The Panthers I think are in just as much trouble. Not uh not not quite, but their quarterback situation is really bringing them down. They just lost Luke Keekley as well. Their defense is pretty bad in my opinion. It's ne- it's never been good of late. Never. 
Uh, they might be letting they might their their starting quarterback James Bradbury could be leaving as well. They they do have Dante Jackson. I can't. They do have Dante Jackson, Shaq Thompson, and they have some good edge rushers too. But uh, Christian McCaffrey is still going to be there. DJ Moore is only going to get better. Greg Olson's gone, so your offense is lost. Your your offense is basically just left to Christian McCaffrey now, and your offensive line's never been good. And now you're you're in a deep deep trouble here because you don't have a quarterback now. If I'm the Panthers, I I have two two choices that I want for my quarterback this year. I either want A Cam Newton or B Ryan Tannehill. If I cannot cuz Ryan Tannehill could be hitting the open market if Tannehill ends up re-signing with Tennessee, I'm keeping Cam Newton because I don't think any other quarterback in the open market is a better fit for Carolina. I mean, if you really want, you could keep Cam for one more season and draw and draft Jordan Love or something like that. But if I'm Carolina, I I I don't want to try to roll the dice for some random. I mean, and one other thing, one other thing you could do is you could try to trade for Matthew Stafford if those Matthew Stafford trade rumors are indeed real. But if you're not getting Matthew Stafford or if you're not getting Ryan Tannehill, there's I don't see where else you want to go. I don't think Philip Rivers is better than Cam Newton. Uh, who else are you going to go after? You going to try to trade for Dwayne Haskins or Andy Dalton or some reject from somewhere? I don't think that's very smart if I'm Carolina. It's either Cam, Tannehill, or, or draft... Cam, Tannehill, Stafford, or draft a quarterback, which I don't think they will do. But we'll see. Um. So... Then there's Tampa... I think Tampa could, they could be really surprising in the future if they can just simply hold on to what they have. Um, I think Bruce Arians has always been one of the best head coaches in the league. I think Tampa could have easily been a much better team than last year. Okay, I, I they're in a tough spot here because they have their two top most important players both having their contracts expiring and, and about to hit free agency. Jameis Winston and, Sha- and Sha- Shaquille Barrett. You have two players that are going to be commanding top dollar. The, and you can only franchise tag one of them. If I am the Bucks, what I would do is I would franchise tag Winston. And I would sign Barrett. I would re-sign Shaquille Barrett to any contract he asks for. I don't care what it is. You re-sign him to it. Okay. Shaquille Barrett was probably was no doubt one of the top five to ten best defensive players in the league last year. He was one of the, the I think he was the league leader in sacks last year, and it's not like he was like you know a Khalil Mack where he just gets sacks and doesn't make other much other plays. No, he was also one of the league the top tacklers in the league in terms of amount of tackles. So that's another thing. If if I am, I think that. He's easily he's he was already a stud in Denver, but if he hits the open market and I am a team in any somewhat need of a defensive end, I am throwing as much money as I have to to get him on my roster. I think Shaquille Barrett should, without a doubt, be one of the top defensive players in terms of pay in the league. I think he's deserved it. There's no reason for Tampa Bay to pay him as much as he asked as he's asked as he's asked for. Okay, and so they gotta do that. Jameis, on the other hand, is unproven. He's apparently getting his eyes taken care of because he can't see. 
He's definitely a talented quarterback. You want to keep him around. You want to try to get him. Uh, see, you want to try to get him to prove himself because he's got the skill. The question is, is he is he too turnover prone? And you want to find that out. If I was the, the Bucks, I would hate to see him hit the open market and then just have to bring in some random quarterback, whoever it may be. So, because you have a talented roster. You have some te- some of the be- top players in the league. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You got O.J. Howard coming back. You have Barrett. You have Levante David. You have some of the top players in the league in- on your roster. The thing is, if if you're the Bucks front office, you just all you- all you have to do basically is fill in those the holes that you have. And you and I think if they fill in these holes, I think they are winning. The- winning the- they have a great shot to win this division next year with Drew Brees continually declining. And. If you simply fill in the holes you have, you will have a better roster than the Saints, which is which is impressive. You just have a few holes to fill, basically. And I don't see any reason why you'd want to let Jameis Winston walk and have to start all over again while you have this incredible roster. You don't want to do that. So if I'm the Bucks, what I'm doing is I am signing, re-signing Shaquille Barrett to a long-term contract of probably 15 to $20 million a year, if, it, if that's what it takes, and then franchise tagging, tagging Jameis Winston. Now, on the NFC North here, uh, we haven't heard... It's, it's been pretty quiet from the NFC North so far. Uh, the Lions have kind of gotten into. We don't, we don't really know what to expect from them, but my opinion on the Detroit Lions is they're screwed into, as long as they have Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn in the front office. They are both toxic to have on in, in this locker room. Nobody wants to play with them, with both of them in charge. Unlike when... Jim Caldwell was a coach. Everyone wanted to play for him. Now, these players don't want to play for the coaching staff, and they don't want to play for each other. I think once they can get those two out of the door, I think they'll be back on track. Rumors are now that Matthew Stafford wants a trade. I could not blame him. I would not blame him. If I'm the Lions, what I would do is if two if Tua falls into my hands, I would trade Stafford the first chance I can get, probably to somewhere like Carolina or Los Angeles. But. You, the thing is, and, and if I was if if that happens, I would draft to a tug of low at three. You got nothing to lose, really. Uh, this friend, this this front office is terrible. Oh gosh, S- or the Chicago Bears they they uh, don't have a first round draft pick this year again because of the Khalil Mack trade. They could have a chance to pick up some good draft picks and the or some good players in the draft. I think if they could get. If I'm the Bears, I would just try to get Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue in the second round and hopefully draft a cornerback in the second round because they just cut Taylor Gabriel and Prince Mukamara. So they got to fill in some holes in the skill positions. But, I mean, um, the rumors are that they're also trading for Andy Dalton, which, in my opinion, is just simply stupid. I would not want to take – no way in hell would I want to take Andy Dalton's contract the way it is. If the, if the, if the Bengals cut him – I would sign him for a cheap, like, you know, $5 million a year contract. But if Andy Dalton has his current contract of, like, like $15 million a year or whatever it is, I'm not taking that. And Mitch Trubisky is probably not going to be the quarterback there after this year. I, I, I have little, doubt, no doubt, little to no doubt about that. But I don't think Andy Dalton, in taking his massive contract, is going to help anything. That's only going to hurt you because that's a big obligation to take in this contract. Uh, the Packers, they are in a tough spot as well. Kind of. Aaron Rodgers is still, I think, no doubt one of the top 10 best quarterbacks in the league. 
Um, I think that if I am the Packers, I am cutting Jimmy Graham because he's been he's not produced hardly anything over the past. I don't know. Two years he's been on the roster. I think cutting Jordy Nelson was a big time mistake. Uh, I I think the, I definitely think they'll try to make a run at, at Austin Hooper. I think they definitely need to solve uh, the wide receiver situation. They have no slot receiver since they've gotten rid of Randall Cobb. I don't think the answer to to this team and fixing whatever issues that they have. I don't think that the issue is drafting a quarterback in the first round. You don't want to do that. You don't want to draft Jacob Eason. I'm not a big Jacob Eason fan. He played terrible. He threw. He turned the ball over a ton. Not a big. Not good. The Vikings. Uh, that they've had some kind of interesting rumors. Apparently, Stephon Diggs wants out. He wants to be traded. Don't trade him. He's a top wide receiver in the league. Don't don't listen to him. Let him complain up a storm. Let him do what he wants. But he's 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 got to stay in Minnesota. No question about it. I do think that though. I think the Vikings should try to draft a quarterback early in the draft. Probably sign a, like a, they probably should try to beef up their offensive line because it's never been strong. But that's also a wise move. I think they should try to draft Trayvon Diggs in the first round as well. If you draft Trayvon Diggs and Tyler Johnson, that would be legendary for the Vikings, and I think they'd be really good. So we got the NFC West now. Let's see the 49ers. There have been rumors that the which I thought I find ludicrous that people are saying that the 49ers might try to bring in Tom Brady and trade Jimmy G. That would just be stupid. I don't understand why Jimmy Garoppolo did not was not the look how much better this team was without Jimmy Garoppolo. I'd be the I mean I get it he's paid a lot but you cut him you're losing a lot of cap money for nothing basically to you're 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 gonna have basically no cap space if you bring in Tom Brady if you do that and then you're gonna be back right where you I mean you you spent how many years Colin Kaepernick left the team after 2016 you went. 20, 2017, I mean, oh, I mean, 2016, he was, Colin Kaepernick was terrible. 2017, you had no quarterback. You started the season with Brian Hoyer as your quarterback. He was so bad, you, tr- you had you had to do something. So you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because you needed you needed a quarterback. And, I mean, all he's done for you as a quarterback is win, and you're going to get rid of that and go back to square one in two years. You're going to have Tom Brady for a year or two. And you're gonna be back to right where you started, which is you know you're not you're not you're not, you're not gonna have a quarterback. So the 49ers should just keep doing what they're doing. They're good enough. Don't do anything. The Rams, I think, are screwed. They're low on cap space. Their offensive line's in trouble. Their defense is not very good. Todd Gurley is washed up because he's just so he's got arthritis in his legs apparently, and he's lost his explosiveness. They have no draft picks, no cap space. This team's in trouble. Sean McVay's still a good coach, but and this the only thing is this division's only getting harder with the 49ers continually continually rising. Russell Wilson's still in their division, and the Cardinals are only getting better. Speaking of the Seahawks, uh, they just signed Greg Olson. I, they'll, they'll still be good. They're doing pretty good at coming back from the old former post-Legion of Boom days. So there's that. Then there's... Uh, then we got uh, the Cardinals. They got some moves to make as well. They got to sign some. They got to beef their wideout cores. Their wideout core and their offensive line, they'll be good, I think. But Kyler Murray's a good quarterback, I think, as well. So on to the AFC East. We haven't heard much about much from there. 
All I've heard about is the Patriots talking about not bringing back Tom Brady. That'd be foolish. Jared Sidham was one of the worst quarterbacks and that was one of the worst quarterbacks I was drafted in terms of college stats. So I don't see any good reason to uh, to, to roll Jared Sidham as your quarterback. I don't see why you want to have you know Philip Rivers or some random quarterback as your quarterback. So that's just not smart. AFC South has been, I don't know, it's been kind of quiet. I mean, Jags haven't done much. They're kind of in trouble. Uh, Texans, they've been kind of just trying to trying to re-sign Deshaun Watson. We've only really heard from the Titans. The Titans, pretty much. I mean, they've basically, in Indianapolis too, I think Indianapolis should try to, I think they should bring in Phillip Rivers and then draft Jordan Love. I think that'd be a great great solution. Hopefully try to pick up a wideout somewhere and if you can bring in J.K. Dobbins behind the offensive line, that'd be really great. You could probably contend and win the division, hopefully. And then Tennessee, you just got to resign Tannehill and Derrick Henry. I don't care what cost it is. Those two guys led you to the offense or to the um, AFC championship. And letting either one or both go would be foolish. So that that's that. Um, then the AFC North, the Ravens, they, they just got to keep doing what they're doing with Lamar. Steelers, they got I don't know what the deal with this ben, with Ben Roethlisberger. Coming back from injury, I guess we'll see. We don't really know what to expect from uh from um from them as well. Cleveland, uh, they just gotta beef up their offensive line pretty much. We'll see if they actually do that and take care of it. Cincinnati, people are saying Joe Burrow should pull an Eli Manning. I disagree. I think Joe Burrow should try to play it out in Cincinnati. I don't know if Cincinnati's gonna bring back AJ Green, though. I think he's a free agent, but he'll have a great wideout core, a good running back. This the offensive line will need some help. If they can pick up I mean, they're getting they, their first round pick from last year of Alabama. I think it's Jonah, Jonah Williams or whatever it was. He didn't play at all. He's coming back. They're getting rid of Cordy Glenn. It looks like, but they're gonna have to. They, they, if they could draft a quarter or an offensive tackle with the first pick of the second round, that'd be great. I think this team has the chance. I think to to win a lot of games next year. Then out west, uh, let's see. The Broncos. They just gotta hopefully you know fill in a few holes, but. Drew Locke could be a great quarterback. He played, he showed some promise towards the end of the year. And uh, their, their wide out core is not the greatest since they traded uh, Emmanuel Sanders. But uh, that's pretty much it with them. I mean, the, the Raiders, I'm not sure what they're doing ex- exactly with Derek Carr. But uh, I think they should try to keep him and play it out because uh, he's the best there is. They got. I, don't, I mean, I think he'll be better than whoever is out there for quarterbacks. Uh, Chiefs, they'll keep rolling. Chargers, I think that as long as they can just, uh, as long as they can just draft, uh, what's his name, Herbert, improve the offensive line, they'll be, they'll be in a good spot here. I'm gonna, I guess I'll throw out some predictions here for the for, for free agency here because some of these people, um. Uh, Some of these people are going to make a big impact on uh, free agency here. So I guess first off, it looks like Greg Olson's going to Seattle. That's pretty good. Uh, Drew Brees, he's, a, he's, a, he's hitting the open market. I think he stays in New Orleans, no question about it. Um, Tom Brady, I've, I've gone over this. I think it'd be foolish of him to leave. I think that he... 
I mean, I think he stays, honestly. Because I don't think that... I think this is just... I think it's a bunch of drama that's... uh. I think it's a bunch of drama that has just been... It's just come out. It's always the Tom Brady drama that comes out, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see. So then Josh Norman just got cut from Washington. I think it'll come down to one of two places. I think it'll either be New York or it'll be uh, Buffalo. New York has a talent. I mean, I don't know what Sam Darnold's capable of, but if Sam Darnold can play well, they have a chance to win the division next year and be a playoff team. Uh, they have to. They have a whole lot of cornerback, and they have a lot of spot. They have. They're going to want to draft a wideout and a tackle somewhere. And if they could dra- if they could sign Josh Norman, that'd be pretty big. He he'd definitely be the number one corner, and that eliminates a hole, and they can focus on filling in holes at other where in other places. Buffalo is a possibility too. Uh, their defense is great, and he played for head co- for the Bills head coach Sean McDermott back in in Carolina. So that's a possibility too. Uh, Von Miller apparently is a free agency is entry is going to be a free agent. Um, I think he stays in Denver though, no question about that one. Um, I think Philip Rivers. I think he goes to Indianapolis though. Uh, I don't think that the the Colts will stick at stick it out with uh. Jacoby Brissett, I, I really don't. Um, he's just he didn't play very well. I think he's a bottom five quarterback in the league, in my in my opinion. But AJ Green's a free agent. Uh, he's going to be demanding a lot of money, and he's going to draw a lot of interest. I think he stays. I think he stays in Cincy though. I don't see where else. He, I don't see him leaving. He's a pretty dedicated guy. I don't know where else he'd go. I think Clowney, Javian Clowney. I think he stays in Seattle. They they gave up quite a bit to get in. And I think he'll stay there. Everson Griffin, I haven't heard much about him. I think that he stays in Minnesota, though. I think he, I think he likes it. Uh, the rumors are that he, he wants to stay, but I guess we'll see. Um, Chris Harris Jr. I think he leaves. I'm not exactly sure where he would go, but I, I could see Chris Harris Jr. leaving. Um, I, the rumors were that they were trying to trade him. During the year last year, um, I don't doubt the Broncos want to try to get young, but I mean, I could see him. I mean, the thing that's tough though is where would he go? I mean, maybe Houston, but uh, I don't know where he would go. There's a number of teams that could, I mean, maybe Minnesota even. But I guess we'll see because Minnesota would love some would love a cornerback on their roster. I think that's probably the biggest names out there. I think uh, Malcolm Jenkins will stay. Jameis Winston will stay. Ah, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know where he'll go, but we have an interesting free major free market. But anyway, that's pretty much all I want to get into. Later, I'll get into college hoops. But yeah, that's all I got for now. And peace out.